right? We'll just buy some bushels of mints. Andrew's been making this joke for years to require mints. You finally got it. You finally got it right there. So it will be for the mints to lead us to robust singing for the rest of uh, for, for all of 2020. If you have your Bibles tonight, find Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And uh, in this final Advent message, it's, it's sort of funny. We're going backwards to go forwards. But I think by the time I'm done, it'll make sense. Because to, to always go forward with the work of God, you always got to go back and see what God has said about it. That's really cri- critical. What did God say about it? What did God say would come to pass? And he's always on that agenda of what he has said will come to pass. And that's something really critical for us. A lot of times... We're at odds with God in these kind of unknowing ways because we're trying to work on things that are against what he said is going to come to pass. And that's the story we run run into tonight with Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad. He is is run smack dab up against God, and he is is sort of laughing at something that God is, is clearly saying, this is going to come to pass. And God's like, okay, if that's the best thing you have to say about my promises, then just hush. You ain't got something good to say. Just hush. Don't say nothing at all. That's what your grandma would say, right? <laughs> Ezra wants to put a quarter in Andrew. Do it again. Do it again, Andrew. <laughs> Suddenly, I feel like he looks like Barney Fife for the first time ever. <laughs> We're going to have fun tonight, guaranteed. After a week of sugar and overeating and cousins. <laughs> so turn in the Bible, Luke 1, and let's pick up right here where God looses Zechariah's tongue. His son, John the Baptist, has been born, and, and Zechariah begins to prophesy in song. How do we know it's song? Because there's a lot of things that we write off as just Bible verses, but we can tell by the way they were written, they were songs. This was a song. So he prophesied in song, and it became a, a song of the early church. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 67. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. That's the end of verse 1. Verse 2. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sun shall the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Father, we have opened your word, but you must open your word to and in us. We come humbly before the throne of grace, 
expecting to receive mercy in our time of need. In Jesus we pray, amen and amen. I want to talk tonight about singing, and I have some goals. I have, I have these three big goals tonight. Big goal number one is, is to, to convince you guys, to exhort you guys, to challenge you guys to sing all the way through 2020. Just sing. Sing all the time. Just sing everywhere you go. Last night, just uh, a song got stuck in my head, and, and the girls kept giggling at me because it was just this ridiculous song. It's song. Some of you old folks will know it. It's by this guy named Randy Travis. He sang through his nose a lot, so it fits me perfect. And I, I sang it. They'll testify. I sang it for the next 45 minutes without stop. I'm digging up bones, just digging up bones. Exhuming things, it's better left alone. Yeah, who knows that one? Yeah, I did. I just sang it. You know what's interesting? And, and, and you know, Kelly, you'll, you'll, you'll love this. You'll get a good Google. The introduction will be longer than the sermon, right? What's interesting is that when, when, Zechariah, when Zechariah didn't believe God, God shut his mouth. But when Zechariah believed God, God opened his mouth. And, and I, think, I think your connection point, in 2020 will be your challenge to believe God and then watch him open your mouth. Open your mouth to speak wisdom. Open your mouth to speak witness. Open your mouth to sing worship. And what will be key for you and what will be key for me, what will be key for our family of faith is taking God at his word. No matter how crazy it sounds. Hey, old dude and old lady, you're going to have a baby. Ha, 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 hush. And then they have a baby, and he goes, now what do you think? Ah! That's probably exactly how it sounded. Say it sounded like this. Oi! That'll catch up with y'all later. It was a Jewish joke. My second big goal will be to challenge you guys to look at the promises of God that rest on his church and begin to align your lives According to those promises. At May, let me say that again. I want to challenge you guys to look at the promises of God that rest on his church. And begin to align your lives, your thinking, your doing, your saying with those promises. Now, I always love it when my brother's here because I, I feel like I, gotta, I, gotta, I know I'm going to get an amen, right? When I talk about some stuff from our, our, our family past. But let me try to illustrate it like this. Our dad played music. You know, he played that kind of music. Uh, uh, Andrew, I would love to see you in one of these settings. It, it would just trip me out to watch you. We played it like fish fries, stews, pig pickings. And you guys grow up going to that stuff. That, that was just our life. Almost every weekend, it, you know, we, we were, my parents were somewhere whether we went or not. Well, I was this little kid who was always getting into fights because basically I felt like the whole world was against me and I needed to punch everyone individually. I haven't finished yet, but I worked on it a lot when I was a kid. My dad was that guy. He could be playing, playing a guitar, stay in rhythm, be singing, never miss a word in a song, and could look at me from 50 feet away. And I knew that I was as good as whipped. I mean, I, you could count it. He wasn't going to forget it. He wasn't going to drop it. That look would be a promise. Boy, you're going to get it. When, when, when we were, and my daughters will tell you this, they were little, we were training them how to, how to be in the sanctuary, how to be in big church. 
I, I could be giving announcements or preaching and just cut a look at them, and they knew, right? Every promise of God, though you're living in this place where it seems like it's not going to come to pass, he's looking at you like my daddy looked at me. That's as good as done. You go ahead and put that one in your pocket. I mean, that's as good as done. So, side note, what I used to do was just go ahead being bad. I mean, he smoked and drank and he was overweight. He go to whooping me, he going to get tired, so just be bad the rest of the night. You're going to get it anyway. Flip side, I'm seeing everything my father has promised me, so I feel like just go ahead and live it. You're going to get it anyway. Go ahead and live into these promises. You're going to get them anyway. They're coming. With my earthly dad, I tend to have negative stories. With my heavenly father, I only have positive promises. Go ahead and live into this Christian life, church. You're going to get it. You're going to get everything God has promised you. Everything. Anybody out here got a hurting body? Anybody? Anybody? You're going to get a whole, whole new body. Amen? Anybody in here clothed in grief, shame, and fear? Anybody? Just me. All right. You know what? You're going to be set free from all of that. Anybody in here just feel weighted down by mistakes that just seem to linger in your life? Anybody? You're going to rule with Christ in the kingdom. Has anybody been in this place beset by the effects of, of not having the material wealth you know, you'd like to have? Anybody? I mean, from poverty to just not having everything you want. Guess what? You're, you're a co-heir with Jesus. Go ahead and start believing God for these things. They're going to come to pass. He's looking down from heaven, and, you know, he's not missing a beat. You know, he's still he's singing every word to every song, plucking every note on the guitar. That's what God does. He sits in heaven like Andy Griffith playing songs. Looking out across at his kids going, I got you. I got you. I got you. All of this is coming to pass. The third challenge, up front, I want to give you guys. The first one is to sing, man. Sing. Be loosed in singing. <laughs> if, you, if you believe in God, you'll have something to sing about. Second challenge is look at those promises and begin to align your life. Third one. Treasure the coming Jesus so much so that if he comes at any calendar date in 2020, your heart will be happy to see him and your life will not be ashamed he's there. Do I need to say that again? Treasure him so that at any date, I mean mark down any date on the calendar, and if he came that day, treasure him today so that if he comes tomorrow, treasure him tomorrow so that if he comes Tuesday, I couldn't think of what the day was. Treasure him so that at any point, your heart will be delighted. Oh, here's my Jesus. Woo! Right? I mean, you're just like, yes! Yeah. Carrie hadn't been out of the house since last Saturday night. When she got here tonight, I kind of had that feeling. Woo! My baby's here. We've had to do everything without her this week. I got a little excited, you know. What's it going to be like when Jesus shows up? Se second part of that is, Live your life in such a way that you won't be ashamed that it's coming. You won't be fretful. You won't be fearful. You know, I, I, I want to be like a holy little squirrel, you know. Can y'all imagine being a holy little squirrel, just running around, doing what God has told me to, like gathering nuts for the winter? I want to have so many of them gathered when he comes, I don't even remember where I left them all. That's how you get new trees. I don't know if y'all know that. That's a big part of how you get new trees. Squirrels forget where they left their dinner. If someone would like to leave some dinner for me tonight, that would be great. I want my life to be lived in such a way 
that when the hard winter of judgment comes, all I have is stored up ready for me. There you go. There's the invitation before the message. There's the introduction before the singing. Three things tonight that I think will help us lean into this in the Advent story, and they all come from Zechariah's songs and Zechariah's singing. Number one, number one, Zechariah sang of redemption. Zechariah sang of redemption. Luke, Dr. Luke, the gospel writer, makes a point at the beginning of this section, if you noticed it, in Luke chapter 1, verse number 67, Zechariah filled with the Holy Spirit. Is Zechariah just partying at his son's, you know, clipping party? Is it just this common kind of clipping party, you know, excitement? Uh, no. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. So this Holy Ghost filling is leading him to a sort of worship and a sort of prophesying that's only possible by the power of God. Because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And just like Elizabeth, when she heard Mary's greeting, the, the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in Elizabeth's womb. She was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to prophesy, began to sing. And then Mary, when Mary sings what we know is Mary's Magnificent. Already, right here in the early stages of the New Testament, we have our third song that are all just excited that God is coming in our midst. Do you know that the church should be this same sort of pregnant every day. This same, because Jesus is coming, y'all. Somebody say amen. amen. Y'all better get with me, Dagum. I can't be this fired up all by myself. I'll have to give out. We, like Elizabeth, you know, we're watching. We're watching the, 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 the eastern sky. And we, we're looking at any day she could pop, she could go. You know, uh, I, I see pregnant women, and, you know, I've learned. If you're not sure, don't say nothing. Anybody in here ever made that mistake? You come close. I, I've made the mistake. And, and uh, fortunately, it was a very good-natured woman, and, and just, I said, oh, hey, girl, long time no see. Are you pregnant? No, I've just been drinking a lot. And I was like, I couldn't tell if she was kidding. She said, oh, no, I'm serious. I was like, whew. Wait, What? <laughs> People ask me, say, how many months along are you? I say, oh, about three decades along, you know. We're watching. We're watching this world, and, and we know all these signs. And, and what, we, what we are is we're pregnant with the expectation that Christ is going to return. We should be. And, and we're, we're, we should, each one of us, be like Elizabeth, have some expectation pregnant within us that leaps at the thought of Jesus coming back. We should. Zechariah sings this song, filled with the Holy Ghost. It's the third song. And what, what does this elderly priest, filled with the Holy Spirit, sing about? Look at verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Do you see he's speaking forward in past tense? He's speaking forward in past tense. Uh, anybody in here, you know, Anybody in here, be honest, anybody here a good cook? Anybody? Pretty good cook? Yeah, Joe, I've, I've eaten your uh, cheesecakes. I know you do that, Donnie. I've had Joe fried chicken. What are y'all fighting about over at Joanne? <laughs> Is Joanne a good cook? She don't want to claim it. All right, anybody live with that sort of person that when they're cooking, you're a good cook. I would like to find this out for myself. I can make 
I want, cook it for me. Cook it for me. Cook it for me. I want proof. Okay, guys? All right. You do? I, do you clean up after yourself? Oh, praise God. Does any of you guys live with one of those people that when they start cooking, you already say, this is going to be good? And, and, you know, you start eating in your mind before it's even done. Like, you just eating. Zechariah right here, he's just eating, man. He's like, oh, man, this is going to be good. Right there, if John the Baptist is just born, it's six months until Jesus is born, and Zechariah is saying, God has visited his people. How does he know? Because Mary, a virgin, is pregnant with the Son of God come in the flesh to walk among us. He said, God has visited us. This is it. This is that thing. So he's, he's singing of redemption. You know, I, I, I like all kinds of music. Um, uh, this, is no, this is no commentary. Uh, Andrew, I just want to be careful let people know. This is no commentary on the sort of songs you lead us in, what I'm getting ready to say. But I gravitate towards songs that, that move along in a story, right? You, are you angry? And, and I know that some people really value those songs where you'll sit on a thought for a long time, and it just really speaks to their spirit. I'm one of those guys, you, you really want to move me? We need to go to a, we need to start and move towards something. I'm not, you know, sitting, that don't do me good, right? As good, I should say, as good, right? It just doesn't. But what I'm really nervous about are those songs that depend on my feelings. I'm really nervous about those. Because I don't always feel good, so if the song about God depends on my feelings, then I won't feel great about God. But if the song is about a great God, it'll start to tell my feelings what to feel. So, so I like, I like that Zechariah isn't singing, I feel good today because things are working out. It's a clipping party for John. I feel good today because I'm back to having a singing voice. That's not his message. His message is, God has visited us, and that has given me tremendous feelings. The truth is fueling his feelings. So many times I've been in settings, I, and I can honestly say I, I don't think it's been here. I, I, I didn't sit around and try to think about it. I, I'm thinking particularly of a time I was in San Diego in a church, and I was choking on the fake smoke, and, and it was just all this scene, and and they, the whole worship set was about how they felt. And I said, I said to myself, it's a good thing the worship leader didn't wake up with a tummy ache this morning. Because we'd all feel miserable with it. Right? There was no songs exalting God. And my heart was saying, exalt God. I've just done a week of camp with, with, with a bunch of crazy high school kids. I, I, I need to remember big truth because I, I feel down and and you can't convince me to feel better just because you feel better. Tell me the truth and let me sing. Zechariah is seeing the truth and it's making him sing. Sometimes I'll go to this particular song. And because I'm preaching tonight, I get to make y'all go to it too. I'm such a good guy. In my mind I am. I really am. And I'll sing this song on purpose. Because I, I need to remember the truth of it. Would you guys, would you guys sing it with me? We'll, you'll, you'll know it, but let's put the lyrics up here. And, and you guys, please sing loud enough that I don't hear me so well, okay? Is that, well, some, who will help me? Who will help me? Okay. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder 
Consider all the world thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe display. Sing it, church. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how Let's don't stop. Let's keep going. And when I think that God is son, not sparing. At Christmas time, sing it. Come on, church. Come on, sing to me. Help me. That on that cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Let it go. Let it out of me. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my How great thou art, how great thou art. Here's the other side of Christmas. When Christ shall come, with shout acclamation, and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. And I shall bow with humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Give the Lord a hand clap. Give the Lord a hand clap. When Zechariah sings, when Zechariah promises, excuse me, prophesies, he sings in full assurance that he stands in the shadow of the finished work of God. Wow. In 2020, as we stand between the advents, we would do well to remember that when God says he's going to do something, it's as good as done. 
Zechariah has learned this through experience. He has learned through God's university of life. That when God says a thing's coming, don't laugh, don't look in apathy, but worship in the face of his promises. Worship. He already sees the salvation that God has promised. He already understands God has visited him. Secondly, Zechariah saying of old promises being realized. If you pick the word back up in verse number 70, it says, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old. In other words, all this stuff that's coming to pass is it's not new news. It's not new news. It's, it's very old news, but it's good news. You know, uh, over in Acts 17, there's no reference to this on the screen, but in Acts 17, Paul goes up on, the, up on the Areopagus, and he meets with these guys, and what he thought was funny about these guys is they, they always love talking about the next new thing. That's my paraphrase. Isn't that like us? We always love talking about the next new thing. Like, uh, it's hard to relish ancient truth. It's hard. Because you're like, I know that. I, I, I talked to a teen one time. He, this, this fellow is now about 30 or late 20s. I talked to him when he was 16. I says, I says listen, when are you, you going to stop simply knowing all the answers without having any of the application? Four years later, he was at university, and he was home, and I run into him, and I said, hey, man, let's, let's get a biscuit this week and catch up. He said, I, I, he said, I was going to contact I'm so glad I ran into you. I want to see you. We sat down in open kettle. And when we sat down, he sat down in front of me. I was already there. He arrived. He immediately started crying. He said, he said, you know, my granddad was a preacher. Said, oh, okay. I, I know that really. And he says, so I've always known all the answers. I said, well, I knew that. I didn't know that about you. Right? Jesus pray Lottie Moon. He always knows the answers, right? And uh, he says, but when you told me that that day, he says, you, you don't know this, but the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit for four years has just run that around in my heart and my mind. And he, was a, he was a student at a major university. He says, I was sitting in my dorm one day, and, and I felt like uh, God just wouldn't get off of me. And I got out on my knees, and my exact prayer was, God, I'm tired of simply knowing the answers. I want to know the application. And he, and he says, I, 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 since that day, I've been striving to live my life as a disciple of Jesus. And I'm not going to put him on blast because as soon as you tell somebody's name, they'll mess up next week and get a speeding ticket. And y'all go, that's that dummy Tim was talking about. <laughs> but I'm watching this young fella, and he's, he's doing it, right? Because he knew all the answers, but... He didn't know the one who gave him the answers. There's a big difference in that. Ze Zechariah's song, Zechariah's prophecy, he's like, man, this is nothing new, but it's becoming new in me. In 2020, I want to see my family, I want to see my church family so treasure these promises that ancient truth becomes new good news to you. To you. It comes alive in you. In a fresh way. 
not only that, but he, he says something very particular. He says, uh, you know, that we should be saved from our enemies. Several things very particular. Saved from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy that was promised to our fathers. And remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. Pause. How many of you guys know that kid song? Uh, I, I, I preached a version of this sermon this morning, and they, they, I didn't sing, I was scared. Um, I, I ain't gonna lie. Um, they didn't know Father Abraham. How many of you guys know Father Abraham? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. So let's just praise the Lord. And I've never been able to figure out with this right hand, left hand. I don't know. I feel like someone's asking me to do, to do the Christian hokey pokey. Is that what it is? Is that all it is? I think it's just to get us moving, right? Do you realize how deep the truth is in that? So, so I, I, won't, I won't land here and stay here, but let's look really quick at something in Genesis 22. So the angel of the Lord called Abraham. This is that point, right? Could you imagine this, Peter? Could you imagine going up on a mountain with your dad and him having a dagger poised above you? I mean, you know, totally looks like he's going to strike. Could you imagine? I can't even imagine. I can imagine my dad beating me with a belt, but I, I really cannot imagine him poised with a dagger over me, you know? You would think he was joking, right? So that's this story, except <laughs> Abraham... Abraham has learned his lesson, like Zechariah has at this point. At that point in Abraham's life, he's learned his lesson, and guess what? He ain't joking. He's believing up to zero hour, right? He's maybe I should have used the example, you know, of you, you guys who only have one kid, right? You got one kid, right? One kid. Ah! You guys got one kid. Yeah, but when you got extras, you can think, like, we can get rid of one or two. <sighs> I mean, you know what happened, you know, with the one guy. They just threw him in a hole and sold him off in slavery. <sighs> I, my brothers tied me up in a sack and left me in the intersection one time. True story. Just said, see, let's see who will take him. I had a pocket knife. I mean, to this day, your boy coats a pocket knife everywhere he goes. You know that, right? I even go to court. I always know the deputies. I know which door to go through. I go, you never know, you go in a courthouse, they put you in a bag and leave you in the intersection. <laughs> but, but look at this scripture. I, 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 I'm seeking to progress and I'm only digressing. Tell us more. Tell us more. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven says, said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. Do you, do you get when you're walking in the promises of God how close you are to the power provision, and purpose of God. Abraham had to discover that everywhere along the way, he kept making these side plans. He is done with trying to make side plans. Cool. You want me to put a dagger on my son? I trust you all the way. You know, that's wild to me. But what's God say? Okay, you, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, the sand is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of the enemies. That's a pretty cool verse right there. And your offspring shall possess the gate of the enemies. That's wild. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. When Zechariah's tongue is loosed, 
He's like, he's, he's basically jumping up and going down. He's everything, everything, everything you promised, yes. Give it to me, Jesus. Everything you promised to my daddy, give it to me, Jesus. Everything you promised to my granddaddy, give it to me, Jesus. My mammy cut loose. He goes all the way back to Abraham. He said, even that stuff you promised Abraham, give it to me. I, I want to, this has been good to my soul over the past week getting ready for the sermon. Uh, I didn't realize when God cooked it up in me, like what, 10 weeks ago, that it was going to be so good this week. So, that's what he sings about. He says, look, look, God, God's doing everything he said he's going to do. I love what 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10, and, 10 through 12 say, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace of that was to be yours, searched and inquired carefully. Okay, check this out. What are they searching and inquiring? These prophecies. Where are those? Inquiring what person or time the Spirit of, of, of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you. In other words, these guys who said this stuff a long time ago, they say, like, oh, man, this ain't for me. Oh, man. This is, so I'm serving the people to come. Oh, wow. So it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you and the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. This stuff is even blowing angels' minds. And Zechariah says, this is, this is what they've been talking about. This Jesus well, I see the time, and I want to hurry along. I want to give some time for sharing time. We should say a lot about this. I mean, Zechariah is getting it. You know why he's getting it? He's getting it because of the Holy Ghost. Thirdly and lastly and quickly, Zechariah is saying of new promises being fulfilled. So he turns to his boy. <laughs> you know, uh, I've told this story a thousand times. I never tire of telling it. You know, um, when, when, when Katie was born, when Katie was born, I, 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 I held her and read the book of Ruth. I read, I read the book of Ruth. When, when Rachel was born, I held her and, and read the book of 1 John. So I, I re- this passage resonates with me in a personal way. He's got his eight-day-old son. <laughs> and he looks to him and says, hey, listen, boy. <laughs> You're, you have this part in God's plan. It's like if I could get all my little babies out here. All y'all my little babies. Y'all my little baby sheep. Don't be bad, okay? But if I could just, just gather y'all. You know, just like Zechariah's got little John there. And he goes, hey, you, you. Annie? Hey, Annie. I wonder if we're going to wait. Kathy? Nancy? Carolyn? Care? How you doing back now? Oh, there's my John. Hey, John. Kent, even Kent, Amen. who knew? You got a part in God's plan. How special is it for him to look at his son and to know his son is the forerunner of the Messiah? How special is it for you to look at yourself and know you're an aft runner of Jesus? If John is a forerunner of the Messiah, you're an aft runner. You're running you caught on. Thank you, Lauren. You're running after him. 
where, where John was saying, y'all get ready. Here he comes. We're saying, y'all get running. Get ready because he's coming back. Man, look at this guy's song in those last few verses. You, child, we call the prophet of the Most High. Do you guys realize at one point what Jesus said of John the Baptist? He said, ain't a better man ever been born from a woman than John. Can you think of a higher comment than Jesus saying that's the best man ever come out of the womb of a woman? That's, so, so Zechariah probably didn't live to see that. We don't know. We don't know that he did. Don't know that he didn't. I doubt he did. But look at what he says. You, child, be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, Zechariah sings about what God will do and he sees his son's part in it. He sees his son's part in it. He's going to go before the Lord, prepare the ways. He's going to give knowledge about salvation going to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death the Holy Ghost has opened Zechariah's lips and boy howdy does this brother sing he sings of redemption he sings of promises that have been fulfilled and he sings of promises that will be fulfilled in 2020 East Rock our challenge is to join Zechariah Sing. Sing. Find something that makes you sing. You know why so many love songs? Because love makes people crazy. And they start singing. It just does. What if you love God? It would make you crazy. Right? I love how the Apostle Paul says, if we crazy, it's for God. And if we're in our right mind, it's helping y'all. I want to be that kind of crazy. I just want to be that kind of crazy. And I want my people, my precious people. Now, it's, um, it might be a little heavy for a December 29th message, but what's true and what, what really lives in my heart every day is that, you know, as elders, you guys are given to us. You're a sacred trust. We're to care for you. We're responsible. We'll be judged with a stricter judgment. But at the same time, we get to enjoy just this wonderful, you know, uh, flock relationship with y'all. It's really precious. It's a heavy responsibility. And you know what I want for my children, my sheep? I want y'all to see that God includes you in his plan. I have reason to sing over you, and I have reason to sing about you. You are his ambassadors. You are his children already seated at his table. You are his jars where he sends his treasure out in. You are living stones fit together. On and on and on the metaphors that are true. They're true metaphors. You're set free prisoners. You're people who have a higher citizenship. Oh my goodness, we could just go on and on and on. You're the building he worships in and you're the body he works through. What a powerful people we are with this God with us. 
I, I've got reason to sing. What made Zechariah sing? It was that Christ has come. What should make us sing? That Christ has come and he's coming again. What's going to make us lean into that? Singing alone won't do it because you might just sing digging up bones all week. Who knows? You're going to have to search out the precious promises of God and begin to align your thinking and your doing according to what he's already said is going to happen. You see how big that is? And you're going to have to treasure Jesus. You're going to treasure Jesus. You're going to treasure Jesus. You know? He's going to have to be, you know, more important to you than some other things. You know what I mean? That's the thing about treasuring something. Like if you're holding two things and you value one more than the other, you let go of the one you don't value. That's going to be the crux of our struggle as a church, where we let go of the thing that has less value. For me, a lot of times, it's my pride. I mean, it's just something inside of me. It's nothing you can see. I just don't want to let it go. Or my time. I've, I've blocked off that time. I'm going to do stuff with me over there. And God comes knocking us. I'd like to get in that compartment. And go, oh, oh, oh. You know, we've already planned stuff there. We'll get to you Sunday. Your turn's coming. Or next Sunday. But I've got this stuff over here. It's mine. But when you treasure Jesus, and he, treasure, and he says, hey, let's, let, let's, let's mess with this. You go, cool, because I want to mess with you. You're the best. There's my challenge. Sing. Press into promises. Treasure Jesus. And watch God give you the hard part. The hard part. Casey, we talked about this before. The hard part is looking ahead at what he's going to change makes you a little sick. But looking back at what he has changed makes you so happy. And sometimes you just got to remember that. Like, man, I remember that time. I never would let go of that. I'm so glad I let go of that. What's he asking me to let go of today? Let me remember that it was good to let go of that other thing. Or take hold or whatever, right? So tonight, I know I've been speaking a long time. It doesn't bother me. You guys look a little tired, but I'm okay. You know, um, no, big, no big talk from me on the invitation. It's always good to take your body down so your spirit will go with it. Humble yourself in the sight of God and in due course, he will exalt you. Let God speak to your heart as our awesome musicians, singers lead us. Let God speak and you respond to God. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this people. Speak to us now. In Jesus we pray. Amen.